0: Kiprios, Justin Bourne, just finished having a very good conversation with Brad May. Let's pick it up with Aaron Ward, former NHLer, three-time Stanley Cup winner, and currently works on NHL player and puck tracking for Technolog. Wardo, what's going on, man? I uh, just got back from an
1: alumni weekend in Dallas. Uh we, we, Eddie Belfour sponsored it. So they had uh, Eddie Belfort's whiskey there, all four versions of it. So of course <laughs> I was I was I was obliged to sample it all weekend, so my liver currently is taking uh a detox. I did see some. off.
0: I did see some of the pictures, including a um a center ice bout between Fiddler and was it Kyle? Kyle, Kyle Quincy. Kyle Quincy. Yeah, so was my, Where were was you? My where were you
1: i was so we we lined up with a face-off we're getting ready and so i'm i'm trying to deal with the fact that i mean i'm we're playing in front of like twelve thousand people i know right so i'm I'm thinking to myself my legs aren't stiff because i'm old they're stiff because i got a little bit of nerves going so i'm focusing on that (laughs) Quincy comes up and says hey i want you to give me a bad pass i said what do you mean he's like well he was like, just give me a bad pass because Fiddler and I have something going. I'm like, so you mean pass you normal? You want it from <laughs> your feet or behind you? didn't have you. to ask. Behind it was you. coming
0: anyways. I
1: know. I'm like, I was like yeah, if, if I get the puck, you know I'm throwing a grenade at you. So he's like, well, so I, I said, I just, I'm a little leery if we if we plan this, that you might actually get hurt and somehow it's going to fall on me. So I, whatever happened, they went in and there was a collision in the corner. And I mean, the glass rattled and stuff started flying. I'm like, oh, that's, that looks legit. They're really selling it. So when they lined up, perfect execution of the dance at front, like the actual fighting, like lining each other up, they got in there. And then I didn't even know the music was like choreographed. They had music playing, like country music. So they they did their deal. And then we played the rest of the game. And I will tell you, it's a reminder Wherever I think I am at my age, I cannot play this game at that level. Holy cow.
2: <laughs> Wordo, my dad had a fantasy camp for years, and we would bring out a bunch of ex-NHLers, and they would come out and skate, and a lot of the guys, same thing, hadn't skated in a long time. And you, you, you would ask the guys who weren't players, like the fantasy camp payers, and they would say, oh, like you know, Trace still got it, eh? And it's like, no, he doesn't. Like, you know, it's it just the hands are there. The brain is there. What do you find go, went for you? What What makes it so impossible now?
1: Okay, so I'll say this. There's a little bit of home ice advantage kind of shenanigans because they stack their team. Like that, Alex Hemsky, who's like, what, three years removed from playing, and he was going <laughs> wide like, like every, Thousand everybody miles was a an hour. Oh, yeah. They stacked the team not just in quality being numbers, but we had a pretty decent decor. We had Quincy, Uri Fisher, myself, and Dan and O. So we focused on D. What I found was when you got more than 20 seconds into your shift and you had to go from net front to the corner, the return rate was at a, at a total public skate level. Like, I, was, I had no...
0: <laughs> was there music in the background?
1: No oh, it, it was embarrassing. Well, the funny part is, so you mentioned old, older Islanders Eric Nystrom was out there. Oh, he And, can like, know. body bite... Oh, I know, body by Jake, right? So yeah. he's flying around. He's, he's, I'm like, okay, you're going to make the rest of us guys look – I mean, we, we didn't look bad, but I would tell you that it was absolutely a stress on your abilities. Like, I play general-level pickup hockey with the same guys. No yahoos. I know the pace. No one's going to be stupid, and it's a lot of skill, and I use skill with an air quote. I got out there, like, Al Secord. Al Secord was playing for Dallas. Now, not a Dallas star, but he lives in there because he's a pilot for American Airlines. Not only did I get warned not to not to wake up Al because Al still has that little trigger of competitiveness and he might cross check me in the face, but this guy he's like I think sixty three. I looked, I got done the game. I googled him. I'm like dude sixty three up and down that wing hard. I was I <laughs> couldn't even get my gap on him. <laughs> Love it.
0: So I have to admit, I saw the clip on social media, and I'm I'm watching it. And the first thing I notice is the crowd and the moment the dro- the gloves come off at center ice, and then you could hear the buzz out of the 12, 13,000 people in the stadium and I'm watching it and I'm thinking it's legit. And they break into this dance yeah. and I'm, I'm going, Oh my God, the game's just gone crazy now. And I had to go watch it again. <laughs> And again, you thought maybe and then, and then it dawned on me. A it dance? was a, a, an alumni game <laughs> and I gave it the, Ooh, okay. thank God. It's an alumni game. Uh,
1: <laughs> I thought <laughs> the funniest part was I, I knew what was happening. So I looked around it and like the buzz in the building, like you said, like I had guys stand up and smashing the glass. Like they were, yes, WWE. They thought it was really legit. It, standing,
2: People love blood.
1: Well, Eddie Mio didn't know Eddie Mio was in that. He's like, he says to me, "He's like, good God, what are they doing?" Yes, and I'm like, no, this is this is this is set up. This set up. He goes, "That does not look set up." And then all of a sudden, they break and dance. He's like, "Oh Lord, it How Eddie Mio? We're, good. We're good.
0: Oh, Eddie's got to be oh, listen, 60s. Eddie's 68.
1: Oh yeah."
2: It's a heck of a game. Quite the spread in ages in that
0: game. It is so, Wardo. This kind of shifts into what we've been talking about—the the the theme today and maybe a little bit yesterday. As we we came off a Toronto Maple Leaf game where they were they were they were run pretty good uh, on a couple occasions. Morgan Riley ate one along the wall. Tavares ate one along the wall, and then last night I don't know what you caught out of Tampa Bay and Ottawa, but it was physical in Tampa Bay with the likes of uh, Anthony Sorelli and. Corey Perry at age 36, still getting it done physically. And we're just, we're wondering now, uh, as far as the Leafs are concerned, do they still have enough in the room with the roster that it is that they can just ramp it up a little bit? And then we came into a conversation of, can you fake it now better than we did in our era? Because we knew if we faked it, they'd laugh at us and then they kick the crap out of us. But maybe, maybe today the Leafs can maybe rank, ranch it up a little bit without, you know, needing to go all seventies brawling. Yeah, it's
1: it's a tough one, right? Because the truth is, and, and we talk about it, the February blahs, I know we just turned into March, but when you're a successful team and you're, and you, you elevate your level of focus and investment in the season to get that spread, that safe place, it's naturally a human instinct to back off in some capacity. And here's the other thing you have to contend with in that locker room in light of Toronto being Toronto that every single night because of the notoriety of, of not just the fan base and the players in the city, everybody loves to beat Toronto. It's just a fact known fact around the national hockey league that it can become mentally taxing to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. I'm not giving excuses. I'm simply stating that these guys have to play every night differently than say being Nashville, right? Nashville gets guys coming to Nashville and, and they want to go to Tootsie's. And their focus on on beating Nashville isn't at the same level as wanting to beat Toronto. So, the the mental place of a locker room that's the dynamic that really has to be worked on. I don't know if you have to Donnie Brook I I don't believe that's the case. I do agree. I mean, you're listing off fights. There's a fight in the outdoor game. Uh, uh, Maroon and uh, who went them? I'm like I'm all of a sudden I'm in Dallas realizing I thought this was the league would not want in in a platform game. There's a fight happening. But I think that, that with the, the, the length of the season, past two weird seasons of the pandemic and everything's condensed, guys are at the place where they're, they're mentally exhausted. And, and as you play these games, you have to find from day to day a new way to motivate yourself and get mentally focused. For me, Toronto, I think, is also in a, in a, in a unique place that up front, from a player perspective, seems, things seem to be relatively okay. I think the creeping of the story that's happening in behind them with the goalie questions, a trade deadline coming up, what's going to happen, right? If you look at teams around the league, oftentimes it's, it's problematic to play on your front foot when there's a problem in that. And so I think for Toronto, when you come into these games, there may be a little bit of apprehension, feeling like you have to dial back the level of, not recklessness, but just playing the game with that feel and focusing more sometimes on playing more defensive because of the fact that since the start of 22, Campbell's been an absolute struggle.
2: Yeah. He really has. There's, there's no doubt about that. It, and I can see it affecting the guys. Um, you know, one thing, one story that we talked about a little bit yesterday, Wardo, I, I thought of you was, you know, the NHL releasing this data on face-off win probabilities, you know, we're going to find out you know, guy on his right side and the ozone has a 60% favorite on this draw. And then, you know, you saw the whole thing, I'm sure. Um, well, no, I, listen, I sat yeah, What's
1: your thought it. on that? I, I, I okay, perfect. So I sat. I, yeah, it was crazy because I saw this. I'm like, hmm, I was there the night. So the first night we active tested it was Eichel's game. Yeah, right. So it's it's technically a probability as as you line these two guys up, they, they work the numbers and they decide who's more likely to win this based on the you know the, the location of the faceoff, uh, the stage of the all. There's so many parameters beyond what I'm even even capable listing. And I gotta tell you, as I was watching the demo happen, it was uncanny how accurate it was. Yeah. Like I would say, as I sat because I was going back in there, we had we actually had Turner at our facility, a remote uh, facility in Durham, North Carolina, watching some of these games. And as we were watching this Vegas game, I'd say eight of the nine faceoffs that I watched and I paid attention to the probability, it was accurate, dead, dead on. So, how to use or why to use? I'm not always able to to relate to you. Everybody, right? So I know I'm assuming that somebody wants to use it for a wagering end, but from a team and tactical standpoint, I wouldn't mind knowing that. I wouldn't mind knowing when a key faceoff has to be taken at the end of the game. And over the course of the game, you know, I can quickly consult something and realize this guy is not only on, but his, his matchup against this likely individual gives me a favorable outcome. I'm probably going to play it, right? I had to ask this question. We had a round table in Dallas and I was kind of put on the spot because I had all these old school hockey guys from Dallas and Detroit sitting around with all these sponsors, and they said, explain to me why analytics matters. And I said, it doesn't have to matter to you if if you don't want it to, right? It doesn't have to all be black. It doesn't have to be all white. There can be a gray area. These are areas when people kind of poo-poo why we're doing it, like, oh, we're just taking the game so much further into the depths and the darkness of of numbers. Well, honestly, if you're the genius – who somehow has a way to consult that and it's a key face-off and you're on the verge of, you know, keeping the score where it's at and your defense is on face-off and you make the playoffs, how much is that number worth to you? So right. there's, there's so, there's so much that goes on. I think it's, it's unique. There's where they're taking these numbers, but the probability, if you don't like it, don't put too much value into it. If you do pay attention to it and have fun, like making a drinking game. Every time it's wrong, take one.
0: How far can we take the probability Throughout a hockey game outside of face offs two on ones, three on twos uh,
1: that that I don't know <laughs> like I, I said, mean got like, uh, the it was news to me like i I saw that like i I always thought when I was trying to from our perspective from the um the player and puck tracking standpoint when I was asked about things you'd want to put on t v like i'd ideally as, as Crosby lines up for a face off say against Deneau, I would want to know like like the the percentage in game so if these guys come third period have already lined up seven times against each other i want to know the record what's that for me is a probability like hey the had crosby's uh you know you know five of seven here's his percentage that's a that's something that an analyst or a color guy can can talk about as right. something predictive as you head into the face off and it's kind of like a, a checklist if i'm a fan i'm like oh look he's continuing or he didn't that's that's a that's a change in the in, in the in the in path so I don't know where else the probability goes, but I think again, Amazon center of this, uh working through this technology and taking it to this distance. Uh they have infinite dollars. I don't know uh, if you've seen all their trucks in the road, but they're doing okay. Uh, they they seem yeah, they can, they seem to do whatever the hell they want nowadays. So I mean they can t- they can probably tell you who's gonna step on the ice first uh for warm up. Yeah. So Wardo, you kind of have been
2: involved in a lot of this revolution behind the scenes and seeing things develop. Is there anything else that you can tell us that they work on behind the scenes? We haven't seen yet anything that's coming and maybe the answer is no. Just curious.
1: Well, from my standpoint, and I'll say specifically to sports that. So the Canadian market is very slow to adopt the the graphics and the live data and the pre-packaged videos because, and it's just a fact the Canadian market is more apt to want a traditional presentation. Hmm. So, When I deal with say Minnesota or I deal with Seattle, or I deal with uh, the Islanders, there's a good number of of, of broadcasters that want to insert all this stuff. The Canadian viewer maybe doesn't want to see it. And maybe the viewpoint is, hey, listen, we don't want to take risks, or there's also a a frame of mind that people might be insulted by basic information. So the idea that we have now, from my perspective, is is how to enhance and make things more attractive. So whether it's a graphic, there's an idea here, because we have a sensor in the puck, because the posts are fixed, on that ice and 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 the cameras are configured so we know where everything is on the ice I can now draw a graphic that goes from the puck and it makes a triangle from post so it goes post to puck puck back to post Mm -hmm. I can shade that area I can give you a graphic and tells you if sight line was obstructed for a goalie I can take it even further which is not giving any you know uh top secret anything but I'm working on something where I can put a, a midpoint right at the center of that post draw it to the back because there's a sensor on that goalie. And I can tell you if he's even square to the square to the shot. Ooh, I can tell you how that long one get, would be I great. I can tell you how long. Not for Mrazek. Right. So <laughs> no, no, not for a lot of goalies. Right. Gonna, I'm, like if you think biometrics might piss guys off, imagine if you're going to tell a goalie he was completely out of position. Off and the we, post. We, They're going to throw that sensor out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, there. Th- and you can, you can measure how long it takes him to get back there. Yeah. That's the places I'm taking. So, and the other thing, I'll give you another example of where, where this can work. I'm enamored by a guy like like Chris Kreider because two years ago, he was getting kicked out of New York. They're talking about they're going to give him away. They, you know, what does this guy do? Complete failure. Now, now he owns the, the front of the net. Three, oh, my God. And, but that's the cool part, right? So you can, you, and I was just sat in Dallas, and Dallas is trying to determine what are they going to do with Kowalski? Trade, sign, what are they going to do? Where's the value? Well, when you put something in, and I don't want to give this one away, but there's a way to put something on the ice that can tell you the location. You know, everybody talks about home plate. There's something different you can put out there. Like, Chris Kreider dominates the two-foot area in front of a goalie. How it is that any team doesn't place that guy on a power play standing right by Chris Kreider and just sacrifice and go with three killers and one guy just shadows him, I have no idea. But you can differentiate between a guy who tips a puck three feet, which I think is way harder, to tip a puck past a goalie from three feet out, then a guy like Pavelski is adept at doing it at about a 10-foot range. Because we have location and because we have, I'm going to get technical, X, Y, and Z. Z, you can tell how high the puck is and, and X, Y, where on the ice it is. You can differentiate and, and, and actually kind of compare guys and their abilities and show how great they are at things, right? For me, the analytics on TV, I want to highlight how great a guy is. Like There's a skill set involved with what that guy just did that most can't do and Chris Kreider functioning two feet from the net which is in a phone booth area almost almost in the Thomas Holmstrom way this guy's as good if not better in certain areas in that front than Holmstrom was
2: so Kipper sorry how would you feel about it like if they said hey we're going to put this thing on you that's going to tell us how hard you're working how much
0: you're well it kind of brings me to my next question or comment uh, for both of you guys is you know, you mentioned that you, you, you like it, Aaron, because it can highlight, you know, how great a guy is. But can it hurt you when it comes to negotiating a contract? Is it, we don't care about this stat, but we care about it when it makes you look bad because we can save money.
2: Yeah, you're slowing down and we can tell it statistically.
1: Here's the truth. So, and this is where I'm at, which inevitably players will have to accept. They outlawed in the CBA you cannot put a wearable on a player. You can put it in practice. You can find out what his heart rate is. But you can't put anything on a guy that allows you to see anything about his performance. Now, I mean, whether it's computer vision, which is our, our um, company's competitor, or ours that ha- wears uh, a, a sensor, the fact that we have time, speed, and distance, I can essentially give you a guy's workload. I can tell you how hard he worked on the ice just with a mathematical equation. Now, here's the the caveat. It's not my mathematical equation. I don't know how to do it. Eventually, though, a data scientist can, and he can assess the value, and that's one of the things I I would love to talk about, right? An example, Brent Burns. When we tested this two years ago, San Jose was playing in Vegas. We're sitting in Vegas. Uh, San Jose takes a penalty with four minutes and 15 seconds left. Brent Burns steps on the ice. He kills the penalty for the entire two minutes. The play continues to go till it goes down. I realize there must be a problem with his sensor because he was out there for four minutes, fifteen seconds. Guess what? Brent Burns did the four minutes, fifteen seconds. This is the real deal. He killed the entire pel. No, nope, no break, and he traveled four kilometers. So he oh did not God. screw the pooch on that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't screw the pooch on that shift. He was up and down the ice. He See, did the whole thing. That for me is a value. I- like, so, not only is Brent Burns interesting. Connor McDavid has yet to register a top speed because the ice is not long enough for him to stop accelerating.
0: Ooh. It's crazy. There's, See that stuff. I find yeah, fascinating. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Like I don't need to hear uh, or see that a, another guy has slapped the puck an average that everybody else is having. Yeah. But when you tell me something that much different, the four kilometers yeah. on four minutes, There's good storytelling but- there. It's fascinating to right, me. So
1: that's my job. That's my job as a non-engineer. When I look specifically at a sports net, is I've got to take this season and figure out what would, what would um, capture the attention of the Canadian audience? What type of story? So you don't want to dive too deep into a guy that's going to be sitting in his armchair and not want to be bored because he's trying to sip his beer and watch the game overall. If you give them tidbits of interesting information that, that capture them, that's all we're looking for. And so that's my role. And I think sometimes the engineers think I'm an idiot, but I, you know, again, I try to dumb down, I try and dumb down the game sometimes for them.
0: So what you're saying is we got to get rid of some, some dinosaurs here at Sportsnet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I've got to, we, we have to create things that, that interest them, that, that, that over the top it, inspire them to, to want
0: to use it. You want to hire a dinosaur to get rid of I'm dinosaurs? Dinosaur. I was waiting for hey, the hey, hey, I, a, <laughs> hey, I
1: I know I know a free agent for the last four years. I'll come the phone and be happy to come work for Sportsnet.
0: Takes one to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Wardo, fascinating stuff, man. We really appreciate your time on the show. People love it. Uh, nope, we're, no anytime. We're on YouTube. Uh, the chat's going great. Uh, uh, where did I see Rick King says? Uh, a great guest smart hockey guy yes appreciate award Aaron Ward all right thanks guys thanks pal see yeah that uh that would be of great interest that that someone could cover four kilometers four
2: kilometer shift that's that's awesome
0: I I've never that. covered in, four kilometers in four my whole minutes hockey career
2: <laughs> I also love Connor McDavid the ice isn't long enough for him to stop accelerating we don't know his top speed we need to get him on the Rideau Canal yeah speed skating rink
0: it is remarkable, like, the, the, the level of information now and how it's accelerated the last few years and, and what is continuing to come in. Yeah. And how do, you, how do you keep up with it all?
2: Well, I don't know if I said this on the show yesterday or not, but the biggest challenge for teams right now is finding people who can figure out what information is valuable. Because so many companies and so many people are like, stats, stats, we have these numbers. Look, you know, you can find this out. And, you know, some teams want to use the stats, but what matters? And trying to figure out what matters is super interesting. And for Wardo and for us in storytelling and in this line of work, trying to figure out what's interesting is something too. It's the challenge. And uh,
0: we got a couple minutes here. But base
2: is punched per minute for the Leafs. It really Very takes,
0: long. like, special individuals who are... are who have prominent roles to accept that mm-hmm. and not feel threatened
2: at the same time. You don't just want to like put stuff up there. Like I'll be honest, you know, right now there's all this information and I see networks pushing to put it on. And it's like, all right, you know, that Cole Caulfield shot against Peter Mrazic was 68 miles an hour. Like,
0: okay. Yeah nobody sure. cares uh, yeah, <laughs> you
2: know, like, and i appreciate that they're trying to bring more information yes. but oftentimes pick you know, the like, right. someone, pick... someone says like, top speed of connor mcdavid on this rush is 33 kilometers yes. an hour is that good i have literally no idea is that we no context yeah, well, yeah what's
3: the you know it's not like it's a car where You're... it's like wow he's going 100 miles an hour that's fast yeah. you have no context for how
2: fast and that we are is.
0: dealing with still a lot of people that just are just let me just watch the game yeah, there's right. a lot of that. Just quit jamming it down but my throat. When I, think-
2: I joined the Marlies, they used to get a printout from the R&D department of all the stats. You know, the, the here's the team's egg, uh, exit success rate on breakouts. And that was my first thing was like, all right, is that good? 74% good? What's this? 28? What's good? So, like, they, they started putting in league average or what, you know, and highlighting, shading things green and red because there's so many numbers. Just I don't know. need to know if it's good or not.
0: All right. Uh, let's ask a few people uh, on the chat line uh, on our YouTube channel whether or not uh, they like the new data. They want to see more of it. Uh, let us know your thoughts on uh, our conversation with Aaron Ward. We're gonna before we go to break. be interesting. Gonna... W- we just
3: uh, wanted to bring up our lease ticket con- uh, oh, contest. Oh, good, because
0: to... you've forgotten this the last what two or three days. No, no, no. no, good no. job,
3: Sam. Just yesterday. Sammy. Just yesterday. So uh, remember, uh,
0: you're a producer first. <laughs> I know. God, it's hard to remember that sometimes. All
3: right. So uh, our Leafs ticket co- uh, giveaway contest is back and we're giving you a chance for, to win Leafs tickets every game for the rest of the season with our Hockey Code Words contest. All you have to do is download the episodes of Real Kipper and Born and listen for the code word that we will, will be provided during each episode. Then text the code word to 59590 and you'll be entered for a chance to win a pair of Leafs tickets. Each different code word a- uh, counts as an entry. First up is Saturday's game against the Vancouver Canucks. Make sure you download Wednesday's and Thursday's episode of the Fan Morning Show as well. The winner will be selected on Friday. So
0: there you go. Code okay, works. we're going to take a quick break here. After the break, Adam Oates, former NHLer and now skills coach with Oates Sports Group. How about his NHL numbers, Sammy?
2: He had a few assists, didn't he? Three or four?
0: Off yeah. the charts, almost I, 1,100 assists. I think of wow. him as,
2: as, as an all-time
3: great. But I just, looking at his numbers today, typing the lineup, I was floored by the, you know, almost yeah. 1,080 assists. It's crazy.
0: Also later on the show, maybe a conversation on Max Domi, start some chatter with the Leafs. What do you think? We'll ask Wait, uh, what? We'll ask JB after the break. David Poyle maybe wanting to resign Philip Forsberg. Plenty of more on the Real Kipper and Bourne show.
3: The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Canucks tickets on March 5th is Miller.
0: Dougalicious on our YouTube chat says Willie isn't going anywhere. No, he's not. That no. contract is so juicy right now. That He's not far off when you consider where guys are ten and eleven million dollars. Okay. Speaking of a guy that could easily be making eleven or twelve million dollars a year in his heyday, Adam Oates uh joins us now, president of Oates Sports Group, uh focusing on the skills of the game. Oatesy, thanks for joining us. I always got a, a huge thrill out of working with you on hockey night in Canada. Uh, and just the, the attention to detail. And you were at it again on Monday with Ron McClain and uh, to listen to you break down a few plays that night included the difference between picking up a puck along the wall with one hand or two hands and how it changed. Uh, I, I found it extremely fascinating. Thanks for joining us and just uh, quickly, uh, you know, your thoughts on the overall skill of the game today.
4: Well, good to hear good, good to hear your voice, Kipper. Good to be back. Um, yeah, you know what? I had a lot of fun the other night. Ron asked me to go on, and uh, I kind of missed those days being on the show. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know what? As always, this, the, the game gets better and better and better. It, it's very, very highly skilled, very fast. The guys are strong. Um, I think I said the other night, like, you know, when you get to the level of, I would say, junior, college, pro, you're talking about really, really good hockey players, and we're talking about guys that can make split second decisions, so you know what like when we go about working with guys, we work on that right We work on all the little tiny decisions and and in answer to your question, I mean the skill of the game is elite
2: yeah it's uh it certainly has come a long way. The one thing I wonder about is. You know, some guys that I I played with in my own career were just so good naturally. Like, it's almost like they didn't think about the game. Uh, Does it complicate things uh, for certain players when you say, hey, have you thought about switching to this hand or that hand or leaning the other way? Do some some even great players struggle to make changes?
4: I would say the answer to that is yes. And I would say, you know what, that's one of the fun parts about what I do is everybody has a different personality. Where I was a guy that, you know, like, for me to change my left glove right. would take me a year. <laughs> and Brett Hall could change his gloves and play tonight. <laughs> so, like, because we had, you know, we're, we're similar in some ways, but personality-wise, there's no way I could do that. So everybody is different. But generally, like uh, the other night, like, when you see something, it, it's, is it a one-off or is it a recurring theme? And the number one thing that we look at our staff is, I don't want guys to get hurt. I want them to be able to play a long time. I want them to be able to be successful. So we're talking about contact and execution. So there's some times where I would I go to a guy and say, hey, look, your coach is not happy. You better fix this now. You don't have a leash. And if you've played the game long enough, you know. You know that, that sometimes you have a long leash, and you know you don't. So how you go about fixing it, that's up to you.
0: Mm-hmm. When it comes to the physicalities, and I love your comment about uh... – Guys, not leaving themselves vulnerable, but uh, the 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 hits from behind, and when is when is it the guy's fault that's doing it, and when it is when it is it the fault of the receiver who turns his back at the at the at the worst time and leaves himself exposed. I mean, do you get into those details as well, Adam, with your clients?
4: Oh, one hundred percent, Kipper. Like
0: one hundred percent.
4: I would tell you that. Uh, of of our clients, that's the number one thing we look at every day. Do you make yourself vulnerable? And it's funny because, like, like, obviously the league, the safety committee, they're in a really difficult spot because of how fast it happens. And like you said, if a guy turns his back at the last second, how can you blame the guy trying to hit him? And what is that magic amount of time necessary for a guy to sort of reroute or change his mind? And that's a very difficult, it's a very difficult subject. No question it is, but, but there's also, you know, sometimes you see there are certain guys that are repeat offenders getting hit. And that's a subject that that should be sort of addressed as well. And I'm sure they do. Um, But you know what, at at, at the end of the day, that is, that is it, you know, and some guys never get hit. What a coincidence, right? Like that. And, and you know what, we do play a contact game. So, when you get hit, do you take the hit correctly? We also work on that. That's very important.
2: Yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit on this show about, like, Andre Kasha seems to get blown up once a night, and I can't remember Mitch Marner getting hurt or hit in, like, three years here. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that the way that shakes out. Um, are you able to tell us some of the guys that you've worked with in the NHL? And, and I'm also curious when you work with these guys, if it's in-season or off-season.
4: Well, you know what? Part of the deal we have is the privacy factor, um, because everybody's got an ego. Yeah, I had an ego. Kipper had an ego. No, everybody's a little different. Everybody's a little private in terms of what they want to work on. Um, but I, I think the player you just talked about from Toronto—he got hit in Calgary a, a few games ago. Yeah, and and here's something like, and I and I sent that clip out to all our clients because I obviously felt it was a hit that he should not have taken. And and this is this is like. The best analogy I have is when you drive the car. You drive your car every single day you get in that car. You better know where everything is at all times. So when you're a hockey player, shouldn't it be the same thing? So he's a right winger. He was on right wing. So you've been playing right wing your whole life. Don't you know where danger's coming from? So is that a one-off or is that a glitch? That's, that's what I call them When I see a guy get sort of like make a mistake in the same spot, it's a glitch. So where does that glitch come from? It's a blind spot. Why does he have a blind spot? What's the particular reason he has a blind spot? So we go, we, you know, we, we, we uh, get into this very deeply in terms of a guy's game, in terms of trying to fix all these little tiny things. And on the flip side, obviously, a coach, he wants execution. End of the day, he wants execution. So we work on every possibility to execute whatever that particular play is at that time.
0: I remember that Zdorov on on Kasha and the tendency for like, like the Leafs are a very highly skilled team. And it's almost as if everybody wants the middle of the ice. I I I honestly believe that Zdorov knew that the moment Kasha had the ice or the puck, he was heading towards the middle of the ice.
4: Yeah, you could be right. It could be a one-off. I still would sort of like, I think I did watch the play where he pivoted wrong And he took his eyes off of where danger was coming from. So Zdorov's the left D. He's the right winger. So when you you get that puck on your side of the ice, basically the left D is the first guy that you should be sensing danger from. And maybe Zdorov anticipated that he had his head down or or what, you know, the guy wasn't ready for it. So, like, you know, I would have to look at the play for real um, and talk to him in terms of, like, what were you thinking at that time?
2: Yeah, you should talk to him, um, <laughs> just in general. But so throughout the season, I wonder, you know, if you're in touch with your guys on little things. You mentioned the other night that you're talking with Hughes about not taking contact on a certain play. Uh, I'm curious if you get pushback from guys who say, "Well, I, I disagree. You know, I I don't see it this way, or this isn't something I need to work off, or if guys come to you open-minded in the first place."
4: You know what? Everybody's open-minded. Yeah. I There are, there are the occasional times, like for example, I would ask that player. What were you thinking there? And then we talk about the possibilities. So, like, I want to give a player possibilities. Like, so so uh, Jack Hughes the other day, he shot off his right foot. There are times you shoot off your right foot. For sure there is. That was not one of them. Right. So can he shoot off his left foot? Well, not everybody can do every skill easily. That's part of the deal, right? Like, some guys don't like shooting off their front foot. That's a fact. Some guys don't have the right curve, so therefore they can't shoot off that foot. So they developed their game around one foot. So, but there's a particular instance where he should have been on his left foot, swung the puck and protected himself. So that is that a one-off? It could be, but, but I would watch his video to see if it happens more often.
0: We're speaking to Adam Oates, hall of famer and now president of Oates sports group uh, skills coach to many of the NHL stars. So, Justin just mentioned some resistance from the players. How about coaching staffs in terms of like, guys like you weren't around for me in my era. now all of a sudden these guys come in, they've, you're trying to maybe help them adjust their game a little bit. Is it touchy sometimes, Adam, for a guy like you to come in and, and maybe change something that maybe a coaching staff might not agree with? How difficult is it at times for you to, to manage that?
4: I would say it's year six of the business. And the first year, no one really ever said anything to me, but I I, I obviously knew people would be leery. And I had just come from the coaching carousel. So I'm sure guys were wondering, what's he doing? I don't think that's the same case anymore, Kipper. We have no pushback. We haven't. I've never been called. And I always tell the players, if a coach asks you, hey, show them. Show them what you work on. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because at the end of the day, we, we don't talk systems. We don't. I don't. I work on shooting. I work on passing. I work yeah. on battling a net front D. I work on face-offs. The puck comes around the boards. How do you play it? That's what we work on. You know, you're a, you're a left shot D. Well, you go back, like I say this all the time, the hardest job in hockey is a defenseman going back for a puck with guys chasing him. Well, you have to do it every shift of your career. Every single shift of your career, you got to go back in your corner. So why don't we go get good there?
2: Yeah, no you kidding. There. I just, go ahead. So I was just thinking that like, you know, a lot of times the best players in the world aren't often able to explain what they do. You know, like, I don't know, you know, Wayne Gretzky was an NHL head coach and it wasn't super successful. I don't know. Maybe he was a great coach, but there are plenty of examples of guys who are so good and can't really bring that to other people. They just do it were you someone who actually thought through the process? Like you had almost 1100 assists. Was that something that just came easy to you? Is it a challenge to teach what you saw because you were so exceptional at it?
4: You know what? I'm a very analytical guy always was. And like, kind of like I really enjoy the puzzle and I enjoy the puzzle of trying to get the guys to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no question. That's the hard part. It really is. Um, but, and that's, that's, you know, cause like we're talking about very talented men that were trying to add one percent, like Kipper said like we didn't have anybody around in our era. Like, like we're, I'm just trying to give a guy 1%, 2%, like he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a great hockey player. We're just trying to add little elements of his game. And you know, I, there are, I I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to teach the subjects for sure.
0: I really wish I would have had a guy like you around. I got to be honest, uh, just to bounce off things. And while the coaching staff is there for you, uh, there's still this kind of buffer zone that, you know, when it becomes a little bit too personal and it would have been great to have a guy like you around. Just one more, Adam, before we let you go. And that is just the... you watching Matthews and Marner and I don't know if they're clients or not, uh, but if they're not just uh, one or two things that stand out in your mind on what you see when you watch them.
4: Well, you know what? Um, like, like, how do I say it? Well, first of all, they got a good team. They have each other. It really helps when you have each other. I think they're, Skill sets complement each other. Obviously, when you think of Austin, you think shooter first, and I think when you think of Mitch, you think more playmaker first, right? So, so on that subject, I would say, okay, Austin, work on your passing. Mitch, work on your shooting, because that's what we think of, right? And then, and then, you know, then the the other aspect of what we do is it's an eighty-game schedule. It's tiring. What if? What if game thirty-five? I because we we talk a lot. I keep you sharp. I prevent you from getting a hit. Like for example, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but when Austin Matthews hit the crossbar,
0: how? I just it relaxed for two seconds, right? Just yes. Uh,
4: yes. Yeah, he didn't get pushed, right? Yeah, he, didn't he just get pushed. He,
0: he lost his bearings. He lost where the net was. Something that. He's, he's known where it's been since he's seven years old. (laughs)
4: Exactly. That's, and that's what we say. Like when guys go outside, like what? You don't know where the blue line is. It's been there your whole life, man. How did you go outside? (laughs) Yeah. Like I I never went outside in my life, but you're right. Kipper for one brief instant, he lost his bearings. You know, it's, it's, it's like, so, so obviously he's a fantastic hockey player. Fantastic. But, but he lost his bearings during a, during a shift of a game. So, like, technically, that's what we do. We try and make it so guys don't lose their bearings. We try and make it so there's no little tiny glitches because even the best can get better, right? You know, if you're, if you're a 13 forward, you better be working hard. But even the superstars, well, they're trying to get better too. Why? Well, because they want more. And that's, you know, and that's the beauty of the job, right? Like, everybody wants a little more, and, 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 and that's what it's about because you want to play, you know, most guys want to keep playing.
0: Fascinating stuff. Hey, do you do anything? Do you do any coaching for broadcasters at all? Cause the three of us could, could use, use one or 2% wouldn't <laughs> hurt. We, we could use about the, the 50%. <laughs> <laughs> OT. Thanks a lot for doing this. Some fascinating stuff. Uh We'd love to have you on again soon. Okay.
4: Okay, bud. Thank you guys. Thanks Justin. Thanks Adam. Adam Oats. You know,
0: uh, our producer Brian Spear on Hockey Night in Canada would bring him on, yeah, like once a month, maybe if we were lucky. Yeah. And honestly, I would do stuff with him in the pregame, and I just I'd almost forget to talk because I'm <laughs> I'm just, just absorbing like it. You're like, Oh, I'm on I'm the show listening. as well. <laughs> Faceoffs, <laughs> yeah. right? Technique, and I I I may have taken. Five draws my whole life, right? And I was like the fourth choice when everybody got <laughs> waved out. D man in first, but he would be this analytical guy, and it's all methodical. It's mm-hmm. all uh method to the madness.
2: Talk, see, it's, and the it's mind, tough to react to your thinking. His mind
0: just constantly turns, yeah. like no other guy I've ever met. To be quite honest with you. From from a hockey perspective, like you know, you got your hockey nerds, and Shifley's one of them because he'll talk all day long. Yeah. you know he'll race home to watch, uh, you know NHL Network and Sportsnet for the the highlights and all of that. But when it comes to that th- those extra little details, I don't think I've ever met anyone like Adam Oates.
2: You know, it reminds me of a golf swing where if you go to someone who's awesome, like PGA Tour players have coaches, they have swing coaches like the best guys in the world and those guys to say, well, okay, we'll do this differently. And if you've ever changed your swing or your grip, it feels terrible. So my, my, like my thinking with oats is like, how do you get it to feel comfortable? And for those golfers, they take 10 kabillion swings on the range until it just feels like normal again. It has to be hard with these guys to get the reps in the season, to get them in the summer, to get them to a place where it comes natural. Cause you know, you can't be thinking on the ice. Like it's a reaction game. So He's got a real challenge to put this one and two percent into guys. It, it takes a lot of reps and a lot of
0: So if you've got the, lot. if you got the pizza slice, off, uh slice off the, the tee box Oh do you, McKee. Do you, do you uh completely try to change your swing to straighten it out? Or do you go, uh, I just gotta I just gotta
2: aim left. Gotta, <laughs> or are you right?
0: I gotta work with it then. I'll just I'll just aim left and, and keep it.
2: I'll be honest. I watch people who hit banana slices like uh, Brent Gunning, <laughs> who does the Leafs Nation show in the during the games. You know, loves golf, good player, big slice, hits a big slice and just aims it right. He just aims for it and yeah. plays it. It would drive me mental losing that yardage, the route the ball has to take. I'm a guy who would just kill myself trying to tweak it, but some people yeah. just you know, it's a good life metaphor. I, some people play their slices. That's okay too. Yeah, I hit a little little fade. You got a little gentle,
3: uh, <laughs> controlled fade there. Yeah, but I, I just you know I, I'm, I'm the type of person like I know my limitations in all things, and, and I that's just play good with for it. golf. It's great to go for good I mean, for sports. Yeah, I mean, I guess for hockey and golf it's okay, but like I just
2: I don't really overthink a lot of things, as you guys probably know. You know what coaches hate is the guy in the fourth line who's overthinking things and doesn't oh, know yeah. his limitations. They're like, you're the guy who gets it in then changes. Yeah, and some guys who are good at that make a career Off the out it. Pop glass it in. Yeah. It's,
0: Mark Hasley on our YouTube chat says, Adam Oates never went offside his whole NHL career. if you went through my entire (laughs) career, if you went through my entire career, I don't know if
2: I went offside more than the time or two. It always blew my mind. You always have one guy on the team. I can remember, you know, a guy in college. You watch, like, Pierre Engvall again. Some people just go off, like, a dozen times. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know anything about your game, really, but were you a
3: fast skater? I was a good skater. So I think... The people that would go offside
0: would be the people I had, that are worse skaters. I've had teammates, and I've probably done it a few times in my career where I've purposely went offside. <laughs>
2: they wouldn't put, move the puck up wouldn't the ring. Move
0: the puck. You're like, well, I'm killing your play if you don't move it when you should move it. That's great. And you, that's the best way you can tell your teammate. Yeah. That if you don't do the right You've thing, you put me offside three times. Now. If you don't, yeah, I'm going offside. <laughs> Well, I think, keep, keep an eye on it. Sometimes you can, I, I can actually spot someone that the like, they're going to kill the play. You are not getting to hold on to that puck.
2: Yeah. Oh, and it's, and, it's a and, thing. And, for and sure. guys
0: learn. Guys do learn. I'm moving the puck. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. But I, I do you think there's any
3: credence to my theory that guys that are better skaters would probably go offside last because no. they don't have to work as hard? No,
2: there's some guys who just want to go. I, I think is a good skater. My college teammate that was offside constantly was a good skater. Okay. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, it's, I, I think it is a hockey IQ thing and just kind of...
3: But I mean, I like I do like... He's like, it's been the same since you were
0: seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't like, just put yeah, it in.
3: It's been there forever. <laughs> the only thing that got rid of the, the red line. Now now there's no two-line pass. right. All right, remember that, in, remember that? A bajillion years. Remember that I was didn't. a rule? Two-line pass? What the hell was Just that Just suck rule? the air out of the building. Breakaway pass, and he's I, in.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think we should bring it back.
3: Whoa. Why? Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> you watch some games, the chip and chase, chip the, and the chase. The long shot tip dump in oh, is it annoying. It's like a friggin' ping pong some days with the, the chip and chase.
3: Yeah, I guess that.
0: Yeah. It, and then there's the one time that someone sneaks behind and gets a breakaway. But the two-line pass, it makes
3: the, the passing through the neutral zone a lot more sort of yeah. pleasing on the eye, right? Where you have to snap it up a couple times before you get over. But I'll I tell can't you what go it, back, but I'll I get I'll tell you what idea. it would do.
0: It would get Willie Nylander stop cherry-picking.
2: Oh. oh, Willie, what's he done lately, eh? He's gone,
0: right? <laughs> uh, no, there's a few of them that like to... Cookie Monster. But, no, there. but
2: There are guys who are good offensively and read the play and they cheat for offense in a good way. Cause they can score. Willie's one of those guys. I say, go cherry pick. You know what they should do Kipper? No blue line either. So you don't have to tip and dump it in. Just let them play. I, if one I, guy wants I, to stand in the ozone. No ball, offsides.
0: None for Sammy's sake. I hope you're saying the exact same thing after the first round of the playoffs.
3: <laughs> no, me too. No rules. No rules.
0: Okay. So, uh, some, some, uh, news and notes. Um, where are we at? We're at 127 likes on YouTube. What did we have last, yesterday? 200?
2: 250 or something. I don't Ooh, know. Let's By get those way, up. By the way, on the rules thing, Sammy, Sheldon Keith believes goalies shouldn't be able to cover the puck. Bradley. Yeah. Anyway. What? Yeah. He just thinks if he, if it's at your feet, whatever, so, you got to play it. If we're doing goalie stuff again here, and we're
0: talking uh, about rules. We're not we, going to change the game no, now, just, are
3: we, in 20 minutes? No. I'm going to tell you right now. Why don't Martin Berdour has been retired for however many years. Get rid of the trapezoid thing. I, I feel like that sucks out a lot of action in that corner.
0: Mm, no, we are going to change the rules now.
3: Are we? Yeah. All right, let's just go back to our news
0: notes. Uh. Well, yeah. What, you don't I like, don't know. I, I I totally uh, agree. I mean, which, there's 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 a lot. Uh, there's a long list. I don't know if we have time. No, but we could. But they, I, I'd lose that trapezoid for sure.
3: Because you think about when I was a kid. I'm with you on that. So much crazy stuff always happened in that corner. When yeah. the goalie could, where they have it blocked off now, where that goalie could go over there. Crazy stuff always happened there. You know, you think of—I mean, that's where Cujo took down Mick Magoo in that area. I didn't really have any—didn't really matter about that. But, anyways, we can stop changing the
0: game now. Okay, uh, where do you want to go? You want to go Nashville? You want to go Max? No, Domi? you said
2: yeah. You're like winter break, and you're like yeah, yeah. Leafs and Max Domi. And next, time, you with
0: like Kipper and Bourne. Like, what, what's going no, on? No, I think there's a lot of people out there in, in, in social media that's been gotten hot excited. On Leafs, Twitter.
3: Leafs Twitter's been hot about Max Domi. They over the are. A few days, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I personally, and you know, I've got a little bit of a, a personal connection because I'm I'm friends with Ty, a teammate of mine, and known Max since he was a kid. And you know what my first thought is? I don't I don't want Max Domey here.
2: Hmm. Well well, it's the isn't he with the guy we've been talking about this whole show them not having.
0: I just think that first of all, uh right now max's game probably isn't where it needs to be okay and to thrust him in this market with that name on his back Mm. like i'm not sure that he's ready for that or the market would really be kind to him if he didn't hit it out of the park coming here don't you think you would
2: get like peak engagement i don't know is he a guy whose engagement wanes a little bit because he can do lots of
3: things i think that's very fair kipper and i think there would be a certain faction of the fan base that would have certain expectations of a Huge. guy of a guy wearing the domey jersey
0: and and another thing too is we've seen it over his career where max has got a little tie in him we saw that with Aaron Eckblad.
3: wires cross here and there right wires cross
0: so now you thrust him on a team where their wires have not been crossed in a very long time. And then the tendency would be more on Max to go out there and maybe have do something and be that guy. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's he's not tie. He's skilled. He can score. He can make plays. Yeah. Unfortunately, it hasn't come as consistent as probably Max in Columbus or Montreal have wanted over the the last few years but i would hate to see max come in and feel like kadri did and then only get run out of town at the end that we can't trust kadri and kadri's no good and he's stupid and he takes he makes dumb plays in the playoffs yeah. and i've said this all along the only reason why Kadri went out and did that is because he got sick and tired of nobody else stepping up and just felt like he needed to do it.
2: It would put him in that position. But, I mean, if I had... I've been here this whole show. We're sure talking about them just needing someone who's
0: in that position and willing to do it. Yeah, be calculated with it, though, and uh, and completely understand the dynamics of, of, of a move like that.
2: Yeah. I, it's just, who's that guy that's tough for me to... Track down mentally, like who is this fit for them? I, you know, God, Domi had twenty eight goals one year. I, eh? I like Domi,
3: I really do. I think he kind of brings an element that, like you said, they're missing. But I also think your Kadri comparison of him have thinking that he has to overdo it could be a dangerous one.
2: You know, there's a part of me thinking, just like, oh, so what. I mean, that's true. That's true, too. So what if he thinks be nice he, he has to, see to do someone, it? Go ahead. It would be nice to see someone overdo it for once. <laughs> yeah. You know? And maybe that's unfair to the kid. Well, I, I, well, I get all you're your saying point.
0: is do it, and if you get out of town, so be it next.
2: Well, all of a sudden, is this a moral, this is a house hockey team? Like, if the guy's put in a tough spot and it's hard for him, Sorry.
0: Okay. i sorry that you got bumped out in the first round. Cause Max went out there and did something that nobody else was well, going to do. That's the risk. Now, where- is it on Max or is it on Kyle Dubas for putting him in a position where he couldn't succeed? Well, that would be on Kyle
2: Dubas and Max, I guess a little bit. It's just tough to say that they need this and it's available, but you don't want it. Mm. I don't know. That's I, true. There's, you- there's an, who's the guy, you know, who's the guy that can come in here and, and do that for your team
0: well, we'll find him, and we got it the whole week. <laughs> would he <laughs> would he, uh,
3: would he wear 28? Does anyone at least wear 28? I don't think so, right?
0: I don't know, Sammy. That's a super fan question for you.
2: <laughs> you don't care? Already time? putting I in him care. a number, yeah. yeah. That's, that would be a tough one. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that. That would be fascinating.
0: All right, uh, David Poyle wanting to re-sign Philip Forsberg. Well, no kidding. He's your best forward.
2: Yeah, that this one kills me in the news all the time that, you know, teams have a good player and they're like, teams wants to sign their good player. Yeah.
0: You know, we, we don't care. I didn't have to put it in the lineup. We, we don't it? care. Like, <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I'm not. That's stating the obvious. Of you course he wants the him. The question is not whether or not David Poyle wants to resign him, but what if you don't get a number to him that he's satisfied with then what do you do yeah that's what we want to hear from david Poyle.
2: how much are they willing to spend on philip forsberg and his 26 no. goals
0: are you willing to keep them and rent them yourself that's what i want to know
2: yeah nashville sneaky uh, hanging around huh a team's uh, fourth in the central division 604 winning percentage you made the point that maybe Nashville's a team that wants to keep these guys. Oh, my goodness. get some playoff games. I, I, I,
3: that's my dream all in move for the Leafs. Forsberg. Yeah.
2: I don't think they had the, the. What about Miko do Koskinen? Mm. Would you want him?
0: Would oh, you I trade, trade Willie for Forsberg?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> I would, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. He's
3: big, he's fast. He, you know, he's with their contracts, with Forsberg yeah, expiring the, and Willie under. No, it, the, the contracting in a vacuum one for one on the team. Yes. With the contract right, stuff. What, what does Willie
0: have left Two after this year?
2: I guess. Sounds right.
0: So, crazy you know, everybody. Think yeah. Think about that for a second. Cause everybody's so focused on Austin being done after two more seasons I think Willie's right there.
2: Yeah. Bill's got two more after the season. And what do
0: you think Willie's going to be asking when he's averaging 30 goals a year? More than six. 6.962. Well,
2: you know, point his comparable three,
0: six, six. will be Philip Forsberg. Yeah. So Forsberg coming in at nine next year.
3: Probably around there.
0: Gotta be.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. So Miko Koskinen uh, won eight of nine games for the Oilers. Do you care?
0: Does Ken Holland care?
2: Yeah. It's a good question. Like, do the Oilers are they gonna get convinced at this run that he can be this guy? I was on uh the television last night and gave my opinion on the Oilers that how are they not gonna push all their chips in here? Like McDavid, Dreisaitl, one two in the league again.
0: No different than Pacific's no good. Leafs Leafs gotta push.
2: Right. They need to push. And didn't Holland, like, fairly recently say that they didn't want to move their picks and they're going to kind of yeah. halfway well, it? at
3: the Evander Kane stuff during that yeah. press conference, he was asked about it and he was going to, he was kind of half pregnant on it. But I don't know, man. There, it's nice for Oilers fans. If you're looking at the standings, you're inside the playoff picture again. You know, that's a little yeah. weight off your shoulders. It's always nice as a fan just to look at a thing and see. You have to, you, you
0: have go to on. go get a goalie. I'm sorry. You cannot trust, uh, Three weeks
2: of Miko Koskinen. Of Miko. Yeah, there's way no, bigger examples. So I watched him get a shutout last night. He can't catch anything. Like he can't. He is very Mrazik-esque. Everything is spits right back out. Sometimes yes. it's
0: the corners, but everything. Get, no. Go get a goalie. Okay. Go get a goalie. Okay. Leaf best bets tonight.
2: Yes. Because we're so, just not
0: going with the win and we know that's coming.
2: Right. So this is the thing with, you know, we're going to do a little chunk at the end of the shows, but I want to find a way for people to bet on the Leafs. Because, But without betting directly on the money line. Because if you just bet them to win, you make no money. The books know that you want to bet the Leafs. They're like, oh, well,
3: we're not going to pay And they're you. good. It's a, it, they're yeah. a very popular team right. who's very good. So, so how it- do
2: you bet the Leafs and find a way to win? I'm going to throw some stuff out there. See what Kipper first yeah. uh, thinks of this. Um, Austin Matthews to score first is plus 410. As in, you bet $10, they'll give you 51 back. You profit I Love that
0: bet. You do? Yeah, uh, all day long. Yeah. Ten bucks to win what? Fifty? Yeah. Yes, that's that that one, that one I would take. And uh, need Did, I need I remind you? Craig Anderson uh,
3: has allowed twelve career goals to Austin Matthews.
2: Twelve goals to Matthews. Yeah. Craig
3: Anderson's still around? Huh. Yeah, he's playing tonight. Right? <laughs> Four goals in Matthews'
0: debut. Buffalo will be taking a penalty probably two and a half minutes in. A hooking, chasing, a chasing yeah. and he, how do you not love that? Flank. Yeah, that's a that's a good. That's a good, comfortable bet. You're like the juice.
2: Uh. <laughs> and he, and <laughs> right. You could, you could, you could you cash
3: that one 20 seconds into the game, like they did against Pittsburgh, where Matthews came flying down off the wing That's and right. shot at low blocker.
2: Another way to make some money betting on the Leafs tonight um, over one and a half points for Mitch Marner pays you plus 109, which, you know, anything on the way Matthews and Marner are playing right now, God, I like. I
0: is it an automatic now? It had is two points. Two points for, against yeah. Buffalo.
2: He's just humming along. Two freebies. Sammy actually likes him plus two and a half, don't yeah, you? Yeah, plus two and a
3: half is plus three hundred uh, sorry, over two and a half is plus three hundred. Yeah. So bet ten to make thirty or bet a hundred to make three hundred on Marner having three points, which he seems like he does every night. Sabres suck. That top oh, line's gonna be gosh. buzzing tonight. I'm telling you. Full barn, first time. Yeah against a crap team they say, love they love playing against people don't crap hear teams.
2: our pre-show and they don't get to hear how we uh talk about the upcoming games i've never heard you and nick unanimously just be like they are going to pump Buffalo yeah. tonight
0: well, I mean, it's not good <laughs> it's okay <laughs> usually i love same show drops. <laughs> sammy will be so happy yeah yeah I'll be really happy till someone runs morgan riley again
3: yeah i don't really i couldn't tell you Five guys on Buffalo's Ross. I do a hockey show every day, and I don't know anybody.
0: Sam H. Thompson, Thompson gets points. Yeah. I like Tuck. What is – um? I know we're a hockey show, but what is going on with your Jays and the oh, labor buddy, dispute there? Why? You're down today. I, I well, noticed the not energy. Down. <laughs> yeah, they canceled, what, the first two series?
3: Yeah, I mean, three less games against the Rays, which is great news. I mean, that's, that's the one good thing to come out of the lockout, three less – Uh, games against the Rays, but yeah, it's, it's really depressing. I love the Jays. I love baseball. I play my whole life in the summer around Jays. Like I'd be like, Oh, well, as long as I'm
0: home by seven Oh seven, no problem. As someone that's lived through a strike and a lockout, I get listening and and hearing writers talking about the fans. Mm -hmm. And I think both sides, of course, they feel for the fans, but I can't recall in any of my labor disputes as a, as an NHLer or did the conversation ever come up? What about the fans? I don't, the part of me, I, I get the emotional aspect of writing an article. What about the fans?
2: But no one it's cares. It's just
0: not, nobody brings you up in the negotiations. I assure you, it's just, it's, it's a, it's just a business. I know. I didn't. Unemotional. There are sharks this hurts. in there. they are the mo- sharks. The most depressing. And you part guys is, don't come up. The, you, no one. No one cares in a negotiation. And, and guess what? Because they
3: know We're
2: people like be me. Right
3: back. Guess who's coming crawling back? First game. Can't wait. Like I. I want to be like. I'll never watch another baseball game in my life. And it's just like I'm a blatant lie. I'll watch every game this as soon is, as it starts.
0: And it's a massive game of chicken. That's what it is.
3: What's your Who, prediction? When are they going to get going here? Are they going to
0: start talking Well, again? I like the history of their association sticking together. They've always had strong leadership, and for whatever reason, they've been able to stick together uh, better than the NHL players did in 2004, and they the players got crushed. They broke the union. Bob Goodenough got uh, let go. That one was an absolute lo- pummeling. Mm-hmm. Now, Baseball, they haven't done this since 1994.
3: Yeah, this is the first work stoppage since then. So
0: a lot has changed. We're dealing with a new generation. So I don't know where their, their leadership starts and ends with guys now starting to miss some paychecks. So... I find this fascinating moving Money forward.
2: How about the NFL players union? Meanwhile, it's just like do to do guys that make 300 grand,
0: get cut willy
2: nilly. <laughs> like they just Coders have no make six billion yeah, a year.
0: <laughs> but a lot can change. Union. A lot can change. Sammy, as bad as you feel right now for your Jays, who knows what's going on behind wow. the scenes? Let's let's six hope co- cooler heads prevail and they find a way.
3: When Matthew scores five minutes into the game for the first goal of the Leafs tonight, I will feel a lot better.
2: I actually did bet that, and I bet Marner over one and a half, so put my money where my mouth is. Love it.
0: Thanks to Brad May, Adam Oates. Fun show today. Aaron Ward, too. Oh, Aaron Ward. Yes, very fun show. I can't remember
2: everything. I know. It's a lot of guests.
0: Thanks for watching and listening. We're right back again here tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne. Stay safe, everybody.